Our scripture this morning is Psalm 67, and you can uh, find that on page 411 in your church Bibles. And I'm going to be reading the entire psalm, and those verses are also up on the screen. Psalm 67, for the director of music with stringed instruments, a psalm, a song. May God be gracious to us and bless us. Make his face shine upon us that your ways may be known on earth, your salvation among the nations. May the peoples praise you, O God. May all the peoples praise you. May the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you rule the peoples justly and guide the nations of the earth. May the peoples praise you, O God. May all the peoples praise you. Then the land will yield its harvest, and God, our God, will bless us. God will bless us, and all the ends of the earth will fear him. This is God's word. Charles Spurgeon was a preacher in the 1800s who once said, anything that helps me glorify God is a blessing indeed. Anything which helps me glorify God is a blessing indeed. Anything? Money? Finances? Prosperity? And if so, should we pray about this? Well, evidently, someone already has. Psalm 67. Yeah. A worship song. A song sung quite probably at the close of a celebration of God's people there in Jerusalem at the temple. Kind of the last song, the the benediction song and before God's people dismissed to go back to their towns and back to their villages throughout the country of, of Israel. They leave with a song much like this and it's a song, right? For the director of music with stringed instruments A psalm, a song we read there. And then I didn't read this during the scripture reading, but you see this uh, on the right column of the psalm. It appears twice. It also appears in other psalms. It's the word selah. Selah, what is that? That's a musical term. It means pause, pause. Let's stop, stop. And and the, the idea is let's pause and think about that. Let's think about that. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine upon us. Pause. Think about that. Think about that. God's people, before they return home from the season of celebratory worship, pray as a community, as a congregation, God bless us. What kind of blessing? What kind?
kind of blessing? A spiritual blessing? That we would be kinder believers or more merciful believers or more forgiving believers? What kind of a blessing? Now, verses 6 and 7 tell us. Then the land will yield its harvest. God's people are asking God to bless them in a material, financial way. God, uh, uh, as we go back home, we're, I mean, you know, we can sow the seed, we can prepare the soil, we can cultivate the soil, we can weed the soil. We need you to send rain, we need you to send sunshine. God, bless us. Bless us. Let there be a great harvest. I mean, there's no, there's no hesitancy there, is there? There's no blushing at all whatsoever. I mean, Lord, this is all we can, all, we're gonna do all we can do. We need you to do what only you can do. And so we're praying for a good crop. We're praying for a great harvest. We're praying for a wonderful price. We're asking you to prosper us. God, bless us. Have you ever prayed that kind of prayer? Well, our farmers have, I can tell you that. But what about the rest of us? Is this just for farmers? Is this the farmer's psalm? What about the rest of us? What about teachers? Can teachers pray for a prosperous year? Lord, I pray that the students that come to my class, I pray that they would be motivated to learn. We pray that they would be safe. We pray that the parents would be involved and be, uh, be hopeful and supportive, that much learning would take place. Lord, bless me. Prosper me as I teach and instruct. God, bless me. Is that okay? Can teachers pray that? What about coaches? What about coaches? What about football coaches? Oh, God, we pray that we would win. Evidently, somebody was praying that prayer last night. Huh? After all, they were the red devils. Is that okay to pray? Win. We pray for the championship trophy. What about realtors? Can realtors pray that prayer? God, we pray that you, God, help me sell many houses this year. Improve the economy. Help me find uh, buyers for for, uh, sellers of homes that that families would grow. Is that okay? What about accountants? Can accountants pray this? Lord, help me measure appropriately and correctly. And what about healthcare professionals? God, I pray that you would use me as a, as a healer. We pray that I would be as, as attentive and, uh, um, and, and strong and alert at 5 o'clock as I am at 7 o'clock in the morning with patience. God, bless me, prosper me. What about engineers and what about project managers? God, help me get the bid uh, for this particular job. And, 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 and help there be just you know, really no, no snags in the job. Pray that it would all go well. Pray that there wouldn't be any overages. Pray that the, the deadline would happen. God, bless me, prosper me. What about students? What about students? God, please, I need an A. Help me. 
Help me, help my teachers, help my teachers write glowing Ivy League level reviews so that I'll be able to, so that those grad schools will beg me to come and be a part of their studies. God bless me, prosper me. Is that okay? Let's not leave out the preachers. Oh, God bless. Help me preach well. Help me be interesting and to the point and passionate and challenging and full of grace and full of truth. And then, God, if I can't be good, let me be brief. Oh, Father, please. I mean, help me teach in a way. You know, that, that you've prayed that prayer before. I can tell. Yeah. All right, I get this. What about our weekend of service? We're praying for this. We've got people in prayer over this entire weekend. We've got people, the church will be open for prayer the entire weekend. We're, we're praying for sunshine. We can't control the weather. So God, we're praying for sunshine. We're praying for safety, that every person would complete the job and do so in a safe manner. And, and we're, we're praying that service would happen and success would happen, that, that we would meet needs with love. God, Bless me, prosper me. Well, you know, what makes that a worthy prayer? It's a little ironic, isn't it? I know, I mean, we've been studying through some of the themes of this book called Radical in the past month, and, you know, you've heard from this very pulpit, you know, us being challenged to, you know, deny yourself, take up your cross, Follow Jesus. You've got to renounce everything. And then the very last Sunday before you go out, the preacher's saying, pray for prosperity. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) What's up with that? Well, hey, what's up with that is that, uh, listen, listen, the red letters aren't more important than the black letters in your Bible. That's what's up with that. What's up with that is that all Scripture is God-breathed. All Scripture is God-breathed. But what would make this prayer a worthy prayer? God bless me. God prosper me. What would make that worth praying? Well, we know what wouldn't. We do. We do. You know, you flip on the tube, you can, I, I, it would be interesting to find out how many sermons we hear before we come and hear this sermon, you know? I mean, there's televangelists and the health and wealth preachers and the, you know, name it and claim it. And, and, and really, um, is, that, is that really the kind of prayers that we want to pray? James chapter 4 verse 3 says, when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. Your pleasures. So when we ask God, you know, it's important to to check our motives. It is. Very important. Uh, And I can't help but think about a very popular prayer in the Bible that uh, was recited often. I don't hear it so much now, but 10 years ago, it was like, it went viral. It's a prayer based on 1 Chronicles 4, 9 and 10. 
I'll just read these verses. You can write the scripture reference down and look it up later. Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. And his mother called his name Jabez, saying, because I bore him in pain. What a tragedy to name your child. You're a pain. That's what it says. Verse 10, Jabez called upon the God of Israel saying, oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my border and that your hand might be with me and that you would keep me from harm so that it might not bring me pain. And God granted what he asked. And well, a Christ-exalting prayer we should pray and there were some books that were published around this theme that just kind of appeared, at least to this preacher, manipulative. And if you, you, know, if you almost recite this prayer for X many days, almost like it's a formula which obligates God to, whoa, whoa! God's not obligated to anybody. And God can be exalted in prosperity and poverty. I'm thinking of Job. So we want to we wanna watch our heart motive when we pray, God bless me, we do. So what might make it? We, well, that, that's why we wouldn't want to pray this prayer. Why, why would we want to pray Psalm 67? Well, I can tell you this much. The people who first sang this prayer in Psalm 67, they were a people who knew beyond doubt that they were absolutely dependent on God. They knew that God was God and they were not. And so, so to pray for God's blessing is to be humbly dependent on him. To pray for God's blessing is to at the same time admit we're not sovereign. And we're not going to buy into the delusion of self-sufficiency. To be self-sufficient means to have everything you need within yourself to be what you were designed to be and do what you were designed to do. And we're not self-sufficient. We're not. Uh, Paul Tripp challenged me with these words. Whenever you're thinking that you're self-sufficient, just ask yourself what's been going on in the last 24 hours of your life. Did you sleep indoors? Did you travel in a vehicle? Did you use electricity? Did you wear clothing you didn't make? Did you read? Did you eat food that you didn't kill or grow? Did you get water from a faucet? Would any of these been possible without the involvement of countless other people? The fact of the matter is, we are designed to live in dependence on the God of this universe, and we're designed to live as an interdependent community with others. And so every time you're too proud to ask for help. Every time you reject someone who's patiently and lovingly trying to teach you truth, even hard truth, every time you act as if you know, the, know more than you actually know, you are buying into the delusion, the delusion of self-sufficiency. So when we pray this prayer, we do, we do so because we need God. We need him. Every moment of every day. That's why these people prayed this prayer. Because they needed God. And for a deeper reason. 
for a deeper reason. And this is where we get to the heart of this passage. This uh, Bible scholars have called Psalm 67 a missionary psalm. A missionary psalm. That, that is that the blessing of God may be extended through his people to the world. And we see this in verse 2. Glance at verse 2 again. That your ways may be known on earth your salvation among all nations. God bless us so others will know you. That's, that's the idea. God bless us so that they will know your ways. God bless us so that the nations will know how you work with people so that they will see your goodness and your mercy and your blessing in our lives and then get curious about who you are and your dealings and, and then ultimately find themselves praising you in worship. See? See, God is the ultimate goal in Psalm 67. And this, this reminds me of something that uh, I picked up, and it's very important uh, from David Platt's book, Radical. He makes the point that, you know, the message of Christianity, listen, the message of Christianity is not God loves me, period. That's not. It's not. If that were the message of Christianity, then who's the object? Me. <laughs> Well, you know, so you add that to our consumer culture and people, you know, go looking for a church and think, well, you know, this music best fits me and this program best caters to me and I'm making plans about my life and my agenda and my calendar. I'm on the lookout for me, what's best for me. And the kind of the meism, that's, that too has gone viral in our country. But church family, Christianity is not God loves me, Period. Christianity, rather, is God loves me so that I will share him with others so that they will make much of him. Now who's the object? God is. God is the object of Christianity. The end game of Christianity isn't me. It's it's worship. It's worship. Listen, missions is not the ultimate goal of the church. Worship is the ultimate goal of the church. When we are in the new heavens and the new earth with new bodies, there won't be missions, but there will be worship. That's why verse 3 says, May the peoples praise you, O God. May all the peoples praise you. And and did you see here how in uh, verse 3, verse 3 and verse 5 are word for word identical. Do you see that? That's intentional there. That's intentional. And uh, so now would be a good time for us to discuss how Psalm 67 is organized, how it's outlined. And what I'm about to tell you will help you understand other passages of Scripture because this particular outline or structure or format is, is very familiar throughout the Bible, the pattern. And, and it, it goes something like this. You see how verses 1 and 2 and verses 6 and 7 mirror each other. They mirror each other. Idea for idea. And then verse 3 and verse 5, they too mirror each other, and this time word for word. So it's almost like there's a narrowing, a zooming in on a bullseye, and the bullseye is verse 4. Verse 4. May the nations be glad 
and sing for joy, for you rule the peoples justly and guide the nations of the earth. And this particular outline or structure, well, let me ask this. How many of you uh, in school, in college, uh, were a part of either a fraternity or a sorority system? Raise your hand. Okay, now, you might recognize this letter. What is, what's the name of this Greek letter? It's chi, all right, chi. So this is what we would call a chiastic structure, a chiastic structure. Let's say, let's say chiastic on three, one, two, three. Chiastic, again, one, two, three. Chiastic, last time, one, two, three. Chiastic, that's a chiastic structure. And so, at, so the chi at the crossroads or at the bullseye, of this mirroring is like the center big idea. In this case, it's verse 4. May the nations be glad. May they sing for joy, for you rule the peoples justly. You guide the nations of the earth. That word justly means even-handed or impartial or equitable. God doesn't show favoritism, Hebrew or Gentile. And that word uh, guide, that's the same word that's used in Psalm 23.3. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. So whatever God does, he does for his name's sake, not mine. So God, please bless my life so that everyone in my life will see my life and worship you. That's what we're talking about in Psalm 67. God, bless my life so that others will worship you. Bless me, prosper me, so that others see what you're doing and then get curious about who you are and love you. And listen, that's the only reason why God would bless you. The only reason, the only, why else would God ever bless his people except that they would be a blessing to others with the ultimate goal of his glory? God grows your life and grows fruit in your life. He doesn't, grow your, he doesn't grow fruit on your life so that people can just marvel at this fruit. Oh, it's, you know, it's, I think about the parade. Yeah, God is not into Parade of Homes Christianity. All right? I, Sarah and I have been to the Parade of Homes. It's incredible. Wow, that is a huge living room. Look at that TV. My goodness. Wow, what a... I leave there going, man, I'm glad I don't have your property taxes. I mean... My goodness, well, you know what? I've been to these, and not once, not once has one owner of any one of those houses ever said to me, Randy, why don't you just stay? Anytime, here's your room, really, we want you to do that. No, 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 because that's not the goal, is it? But friends, God doesn't give you fruit so that people can parade by your life and marvel at your fruit. He doesn't. He grows fruit in your life so that others will pick it and eat it and let the juice run down their faces, stain your shirt, or olives, so that those olives will be crushed into soothing, flavorful oil. God's goodness to me is not just for me. It's for everyone, for his glory, for his namesake. And that takes me right back to Genesis chapter 12, when God said to Abraham, I'm going to take your life and I'm going to make a nation out of your life so that through that nation, 
all nations will be blessed. And you know what? That happened. Because later on, a descendant of Abraham appeared. His name is Jesus. And 1 John 2, 2 says that Jesus is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. And not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. And when we look at the life of Christ, and we look at his words, and his crucifixion, and his death, we realize that Jesus was the true Jabez. Yes, because his borders were enlarged all throughout the world through pain. His pain, his death, his suffering on the cross so that by the power of God in his resurrection and ascension with the Holy Spirit coming upon his people, we might not gather in one city as at a temple, but in Christ, God's people are the temple comprised not of one nation, but all the nations all over the world. Now I'm telling you, that's a blessing. And that's why Paul says in, first, uh, in Ephesians chapter 1, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who's blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. So God, please bless my life so that others in my life might see your life and worship you. Please use what is seen to show the unseen. Bless my business. Make it prosper so that people will see your hand in my life and start asking questions. God, prosper me so that when I speak and teach, they'll pay attention. Help me do well in my schoolwork so that when I speak up in class, there'll be a credibility and I'll be taken seriously and then they'll be thinking seriously about you and God, bless me in my occupation. Help me be the expert so that others will see this example to be a role model that others would want to follow. Wouldn't it be great if we could continue to become a Genesis 39.3 church? Genesis 39.3, concerning Joseph in Genesis 39, it says, Joseph's master, his master Potiphar saw that the Lord was with Joseph and that the Lord caused all he did to succeed in his hands. What if, what if our hospitals and clinics prospered because of the skill of certain people? What if our school board prospered and our school system experienced unprecedented unity and achievement and and success because of the skill and character and example and hard work of certain people? What if our businesses flourished? What if our university flourished because of the skill of certain people? What if divorce rate and crime plummeted? And then you ask, how is all of this possible? What's going on? And then you try to look for common denominators and the only one that you can find is that those who are the catalysts behind all of this blessing. They're all Christ-centered believers who happen to go to Windsor Road Christian Church. (laughs) Hmm? What if? Well, let me tell you something, church family. If God's light shines on our faces... Our community will never be in the dark, ever. 
And so I ask you to pray this prayer. Pray this psalm. God bless me so that others will praise you. Pray it often. And pray with that motive. Pray with that motive. Because the truth is, anything which helps me glorify God is a blessing indeed. Amen.